Welcome to The Moon in Your Mind with your hosts, Chelsea Winter and Alyssa Ray. We are on a mission to build a community of empowered individuals to stay curious in their work, their relationships, and daily lives. By interviewing experts and uniting astrology and psychology, we will hold the space to connect you to new wisdom, unique stories, and insightful resources for you to cultivate your best human experience. Let's get curious. Hi, everyone. We are so honored to have Taylor Page of Angels and Amethysts here with us today. Taylor is an internationally recognized angelic intuitive astrologer and spiritual teacher who has read for thousands of people around the world. She teaches workshops on how to connect with your angelic guides, as well as how to work with your angels to attract a soulmate connection. Today, we're going to dive into all things astrology, angels, intuition, and spirituality. But first, I always like to dive into sun, moon, and rising. So Taylor, talk to us about that and how it's affected you in your life and how it shows up. Well, thank you for having me. So I am a Scorpio sun, which I think makes a lot of sense for what I do, (laughs) helping people, you know, through transformations and going deep into the shadows and coming back to the light and all of that. I'm an Aries rising, which I think really, I feel a lot. I really feel a lot of Aries energy within myself. I'm definitely very energetic and a go-getter and always on the move. And I'm a Sagittarius moon. And I absolutely love travel, exploration, adventure, esoteric knowledge. I think that's where my love for astrology comes from. So I definitely feel very connected to my big three. Love it. I love it. And I'm wondering if we can also kind of go back to your childhood and background and upbringing and kind of, you know, I'm guessing you learned astrology more later in life and not from birth and and when you were in elementary school, but kind of reflecting back on your younger years, like how do the big three show up for you and kind of what did that look like? Actually, I did learn astrology from childhood. My oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. I'm so sorry. That was the worst <laughs> assumption I could have had, but that's amazing. No, totally so I want to hear more. <laughs> yeah. So I grew up with my mom who was an astrologer. The very first thing she did was cast my birth chart and make a huge tapestry of it in my bedroom. Oh so my gosh. I definitely grew up with that. But awesome. I will say she did a really good job. And I'm mindful of this for one day if I have my own kids of not over explaining things to me before I had the chance to form into my own unique self. And I think with that Aries rising, you don't want to be limited. You want to just trailblaze and go on your own path. And so I think my mom did a really good job of explaining things to me and helping me see the world through that lens, but not giving me the ego version of defining myself through my birth chart, but instead seeing it as a tool for deeper self-love and exploration. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, my dad is really open and stuff too, but my mom was definitely the one that was very witchy in the family. (laughs) And all the women on that side of the family are very intuitive. And um, my great grandpa on that side, like spoke to spirits. And so That really comes from that side of the family. It's funny though, because even raised with that, I always felt really scared as a kid when like I would feel energies in my bedroom or things like that. It's funny because I had such supportive, loving parents that didn't make me feel any type of bad way, but I just didn't have the language to verbalize what I was experiencing. And I internalized it in this really fearful way. 
So I feel like that was my path to kind of experience the fear and overcome it. And I think that's like this almost rite of passage for many people that work in this field or work with their gifts. And so, yeah, childhood was a really interesting mix of energies for me. So interesting. So I'm curious too, because, you know, not many people that I know have grown up with that. So what were the conversations like growing up and how did that contrast with some of your friendships and you know people that you grew up with who didn't grow up with that? So astrology only became relatively popular recently. Back when I was, I mean, I'm 32 now. So back when I was like 10, 11, and I would be like, asking my friends what their parents' sign was, like nobody knew what what that was, you know? And my mom was just so cool. And my aunt too, they took astrology classes in New York City in the 80s and they were just ahead of their time. And I mean, astrological knowledge is ancient, but ahead of their time in terms of it becoming popular again. And Mm -hmm. my mom really had like Morticia Adams vibes, (laughs) Um, (laughs) really relevant because the show just came out and it's really reminding (laughs) me she actually passed away last year. So I love talking about her and like honoring that. She was a double Pisces, sun and moon, Aries rising. So lots of 12th house action. And yeah, so growing up, I, it was really common for my mom to brew a really big pot of tea and have people sit at our kitchen table and read their birth chart. And I, being an Aries rising, wanted all the attention, everything to be about me and childhood, especially. And so I was like, okay, so they have this, but what about me, mom? Like, what does that mean about my chart? And so I was just, super curious. I was drawn like a moth to the flame to all of my mom's spiritual stuff. And she had, you know, like angel card decks and she had a pendulum and she just had all this amazing stuff that I grew up seeing, but it was different because it wasn't as popular as it is now. So it wasn't like there was a lot of knowledge or conversation about it. It's almost like you just take it for granted. Like, yeah, that's what my mom does, but like, this is what I'm experiencing. And I didn't like make the connection as much as I did later in life. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And so when did you start kind of making that connection and, you know, start doing angel readings and opening up to those gifts that you have? So it's pretty funny because you would think that somebody that had the upbringing I did, the experience, the background would be like, yes, I have this jump start in life. I'm spiritually connected. I'm on my journey, but that was not the case at all. In fact, if anything, it turned me off to it. And I was really scared. I was really resistant. My mom was very gentle and not imposing with her beliefs. So she would never like try to make me learn astrology or anything like that. She was just there really as a supportive like parent for me. But it got to the point where I was like really in fear and that attracted lower vibrational entities to me. And that had a domino effect in a lot of different areas of life. And I just hit this rock bottom where I was so spiritually disconnected because I was so fearful of it that ironically, I cut out also all the benevolent forces that are here to guide us. And I was just in this very dark place. And I was in an abusive relationship. I was sick. I was in the wrong career. I was depressed. Like my health was really awful. It was all of this like rock bottom moment that really culminated pre-Saturn return. Like 
25, 26 was the time that I woke up is what I like to say. And so I think that's like this pre-Saturn return energy, like 25, 26 is this really pivotal moment. It's also when our brain fully develops at that age. And so I think it's this perfect time, like in astrology, as you guys know, you're not considered an adult until your Saturn return. So it makes so much sense that you're not considered an adult until your brain is fully developed and then you choose what to do with it for the next couple of years. And so that was the moment where I was like, okay, I'm going to open back up. And that's why I chose to work with angels because they're pure love. And that was an energy I felt really confident and comfortable connecting with. And I kind of want to even just back up again. And so you said like when you were a kid, you were having scary experiences. Mm -hmm. So if you don't mind like sharing, what did that look like? And you know, what was happening? I feel like this is so common because so many kids come in so just awake spiritually, but without the context or guidance or language to even talk about their experiences, it can easily become fearful. And I even feel like it's changed now. But back when I was a kid, I feel like witches were seen as scary things and ghosts were always really scary and humans were always the powerless one in the story. And it's like, everything was kind of disempowering, like in the media that I consumed as a kid that made it scarier too. And so basically clairsentience is like my strongest Claire. And I could just feel people around me as I was trying to go to bed every night. And it was really scary. And I would have really prophetic dreams as well. Like, for example, I dreamt that like my grandpa was going to pass. And like, I told my mom, she's like, don't even talk like that. And then like, two weeks later, he had a stroke and like declined and died really quickly. Mm. Or like I hugged my grandma one time she was visiting California and I hugged her and I got the message. Like, this is the last time you're going to see your grandma. And I was like, Oh wow, that's not cool. And then the next time I saw her, she had Alzheimer's and she didn't remember who I was. So there's just like a lot of stuff like that. And I also had sleep paralysis. I also felt presences like holding my throat. I also, a really common one would be feeling like my eyelids were pinched. So I couldn't open them no matter how hard I tried. And I would see also, I guess clairvoyance was in there when I was a kid too, even though that one completely got turned off because I was so scared. And it took me a lot of conscious work with angelic energy to reignite it. But I would see shadowy presences, like shadow people, like in my doorway, in the hallway. And, you know, as a kid, it's just really scary. Yeah. And I feel like if you're, I mean, just the two examples you just talked about are about people really close to you and then passing away. So then I imagine you start to ruminate on that and you're like, okay, this is only bad things. Like, and it becomes very easy to stop focusing on the positive parts of it. I imagine. Exactly. And I do want to say a side note too, like to anybody who's experiencing fear in this way or like seeing shadow people or having these experiences that seem really negative, we are so powerful. And it's easy for us to forget that because our bodies are actually our biggest tool. And we are on this physical plane in a physical body. And like, whereas it takes spirit, like so much effort to like move something an inch to the side, like we can just pick it up. Like we are in power in this plane. And so if you are like attracting negative experiences, all you have to do is create an energetic law around yourself that says you are not allowed in my vibrational field. If you are not in alignment with love and my highest good and continually reinforce that 
And when I started working with angels, my entire life changed. Like no more scary experiences at night was led to my soulmate connection, healed my body, was in alignment with love in all areas of life. And it can truly be so much better. And we we have all the tools within ourselves. So beautiful. And I think that's so important too, because oftentimes I know when I first started like exploring even spirituality, I would get nervous about like, well, what is in my control and what's not in my control? So I think pointing that out is so important to anyone listening and just exploring in general. Cause I think as kids, the whole world is new, you know, the everything about the world is new. So everything is confusing. So it can be so hard to put a voice and words to really understand what we're going through. But I'm also curious about, you know, what did it look like when you started working with angelic energies and what was your introduction to it at that point in your life? So it was really interesting. I hit this rock bottom moment and then I was started to come out of it. And I remember putting like a psychic call out to the universe that was like, I need guidance. Like I need help because whereas my mom was an astrologer, like nobody in my family really experienced what I did to this level. Like, you know, like they had kind of intuitive feelings or senses, but actually being plagued every night by like entities that come to you because they know you can sense them was like just a next level thing. And I needed help. And I think like, it's kind of a, thing that I'm realizing that asking for help can be hard or even realizing that people are out there that can help you. I think my Aries rising is this like lone wolf energy. Like I feel, and like, especially my Scorpio son too. I'm like, I gotta do this on my own and figure it out. And it's like, no, no, no. Like you can't ask for help. Um, (laughs) and so I put this psychic call out to the universe and I was like, I need help. I need guidance within the week. Three psychics found me. One of them, I was in my hometown of Ojai and I got the call to like go to this random coffee shop. And I was like, I don't even drink coffee, but like I clearly got the call to go there. And it was just me and one other woman sitting there. And she ended up being a psychic and we spoke and she was like telling me all this stuff and how to protect my energy and gave me all this guidance. And then another one of the psychics reached out to a family friend and said, I think you know someone who needs help. And she ended up connecting with me and came over to my house. And this was like a pivotal life changing moment on my path as an angel reader was she, so I thought she was going to come over and clear like the negative energy from my house because I had been like really struggling at this point in life with scary things at night and not being in my power. And she instead led me through a guided meditation and She had me like identify the different spirits that were there and I could see them all. And then she had me invite in my angels. And when I did that, I started sobbing and it wasn't just my tears. It was almost as if I was feeling their happiness at being invited in again through me because I was blocking everything out. I even saw my grandpa's energy. He had passed. And it was so interesting because I thought he had brown hair, but when I saw him in spirit, he had like dark, dark, almost black hair. And all the photos I saw of him were black and white. And my mom confirmed like, no, his hair was basically black, like not brown. And so that was like pretty cool. And before that, my ex-boyfriend had been in that house with me and my grandpa was like haunting the F out of him. (laughs) It was awesome. Um, (laughs) I love that. Go, Grandpa, go. Um, I know. So he was in there, but it was time for him to like move forward. And it was just really powerful. But like, I'll never forget what it felt like 
connecting with my angels. And then it was really interesting because she asked me, she's like, who did you see around you? And I actually also saw Mother Mary as a guide around me, which is really interesting because I'm not religious, but I believe that like there is so much magic out there and religion taps into a certain element of it. And she was just this powerful figure that I saw around me. And so that was really beautiful. And the psychic lady was like, I saw her too. I was just about to tell you that. And then yeah, it was just a really beautiful experience. And I felt like I was on this high after it. And actually that's how a lot of people after my readings feel like they just feel Mm -hmm. like connected to their angels, connected to lightness, like a sense of optimism. And that just was the starting point. That was like the inciting incident on my little plot pyramid of moving forward on this path. I love that. I love it. And I think Chelsea can af- affirm the high that she felt after the reading. That she- <laughs> yeah, seriously. After the reading that I had with you, I called Alyssa first thing and I was like, oh my God, I have to tell you everything Taylor just told me like, like, yeah, you just feel so good. And like, for me, like I, it carried for a while, like, and I still feel like when I look back at like all the notes I took from it, yeah. I still, it's almost like I feel reconnected to it. And I'm like, oh yeah, remember how good that felt? Like go back to that. So yeah, that's awesome. And so then like you talked about how your grandfather, so do you see the angels as like a human form or like, how does that work? So our angels are different than past loved ones. Our past loved ones are a little more earthy, cold. They're just a different presence. And our angels are such a high vibe, like pure love. Like you just want to cry when you feel them because they're so loving. And so when angels come, they're not restricted by time or space like humans are. So even the word angel is slightly limiting to them. It's just the closest vibrational match that we have, but like labels, things like they take colors, they take names, they take shapes to help us better understand them from our current 3D state. But like, really, they are this unlimited force of energy that I think our brain doesn't fully have the capacity to understand. So for you, you know, is it, it sounds like it's not just the visuals, but the really the full body sensations and like the energetic sensations that you're feeling. So is it something that you can turn on and turn off? Is it something that is always happening for you that you set boundaries around? Like, what does that look like in your day-to-day life? No, I love that question. Yeah, I think having boundaries with spirit is super important because you can't be on 24-7 and a lot of empaths are and that's why they're so drained and that's why they have anxiety and they don't even realize half of what they're feeling isn't theirs and they're picking up on collective stuff. And so it's so important to protect your energy. And so I have a code with my angels that I light this candle and when it's on, I'm open for business. I'm here, I'm all yours. And when it's off, I'm living my life. I'm a human and I'm enjoying the experience of being in a body. Before I had that system, I would, I actually worked as a waitress and like I would go from table to table feeling everything they were feeling. If one table is drunk, I'd be feeling it. I'd be like, they're about to break up. They're on a first date. They're doing this. Like I just felt everything. And it's also intrusive and morally gray. Like I didn't want also to be picking that up and especially with clairsentience being so strong, I can sometimes feel illness in people's bodies. And I'll never forget at the beginning of this path, as I was opening up again, more psychically being in line at like a Rite Aid or a CVS or something. And so clearly feeling like the guy in front of me had throat cancer and he ended up getting to the front and he was like, 
I'll have a pack of cigarettes, like had a voice like that was ordering cigarettes. And I was like, oh my gosh, it was really intense. And so that's when I was like, I can't live like this. And I'm not meant to live like this. And so it's our job to have a disciplined practice enough to control what we're feeling so that we're not kind of psychically spying anyone around us accidentally. (laughs) (laughs) Well, too, I think I I wonder if that's in part why your like pre-Saturn return was so heavy. You were talking about how you were so sick and just so drained. And, you know, if these have been gifts you were passed down from like your ancestors and you've just experienced your entire life without being able to have that discipline and the boundaries. Like I can only imagine just how heavy that, that was on you. Yeah. I really feel like that time period was such a necessary part of my path because it also helps me appreciate the good. It also helps me empathize with people who I'm helping lead out of those kind of low moments. And Going back to something you said, Chelsea, because I just realized I didn't answer your question about how I perceive angels in readings. Yeah, so they come in differently according. So all of my clairs are online at this point, and they come in according to how they're filtered through my sitter's clairs. So like if you are somebody who's more clairvoyant, they'll show me colors, they'll show me symbols. If you're someone who's more clairaudient, they might give me a mantra or a song lyric or something to hear. Or if you're very clairsentient, they feel like this, they feel like that. And so they kind of come in in this way that is tailored to who you're sitting with. So when when you're saying who you're sitting with, like the person that you're doing a reading for, right? Okay. Okay. That's, and that's pretty cool too, because I feel like that's a reading in itself to tell the person like, <laughs> oh, I'm feeling it or I'm hearing it, you know? Cause yeah, I don't know. I feel like we all, what I've been told is like, we all have these gifts. It's just about like tapping into them and, and some of them are stronger than others. And yeah. I don't know. 100%. We all have these gifts and you know, just like say, for example, a painter, like some people are just naturally gifted at painting. Some people are just like, I can't even draw a straight line, but we all have the ability to paint. (laughs) Mm -hmm. For some, it just takes more practice. Mm -hmm. Awesome. What would you say to somebody who was looking to like really start tapping into these energies and, you know, if they're going from zero you know, or maybe even like you, like they're so blocked, you know, what was your journey to opening back up? And what would you say to somebody who was looking to do that as well? My journey was very slow and steady. I had to feel very comfortable. And now I'm to the point where I'm like actively feeling into past loved ones. I'm open and like, I'm doing all these things that would have just scared me. But I started with angels and they're still the foundation of my practice. And the very first step is inviting them in because angels are a force of pure love, which means that they honor your free will and love you unconditionally for whatever choices that you make. So they will not interfere with you if you don't invite them in. And that's why when I consciously blocked everything out, there is no way for them to intervene in my life, even if they were sending me signs or messages or inviting me to invite them in like I was not in that space. So inviting them in out loud is the very first step. And then asking for a specific sign from your angels. For me, it was purple hearts. And it was really interesting because the first job I got as a reader in a shop, which really hones your skills for anyone on this path. My goodness, you never know who's going to walk in. I'd be like in the middle of a reading and someone else would be like, what are you doing? Can I have one? Like just like interrupting, like it was absolutely crazy. So 
that was really funny because the first shop I walked into, there was a huge purple amethyst set up a heart right next to where I was doing readings. And then my now husband, when he asked me to be his girlfriend on the eight, eight portal, gave me a purple amethyst heart without even knowing. (laughs) Oh Um, my gosh. I have goosebumps. That's incredible. yeah. Yeah. So make room for magic. Give your angels some momentum to work with, ask them for a specific sign. And then the other part of it is stay open to the sign because so many times we're like, I asked for a sign, but we're like texting and like not looking up and you know what I mean? And it reminds me of when I was feeling like missing my mom and in my grief and my mom signed to me as white butterflies. And I was like, I haven't seen a white butterfly in so long and I'm so mad and I miss you, mom. Like, where's the freaking white butterflies? And there was this car in traffic, this minivan that kept like cutting me off and like switching lanes and getting from me. And my Aries rising was like, ah, like road rage. (laughs) And so I didn't realize there was a huge white butterfly sticker on the back of that car. Oh my gosh. Your mom was like, I'm right in front of you. Like open your eyes. Wow. Us, you know, we ask for these signs. We ask for these miracles, but what are we doing to help our angels? What are we doing to help ourselves? You got to make space to receive it. So then can you have different signs for different angels? Like, cause you said it was the purple heart, but then your mom is the white butterfly. So you can get even kind of specific. It sounds like. Yeah. So purple heart is from my angels and white butterflies from my mom. Who's a past loved one. Who's a specific sign. Mm-hmm. I recommend, so I actually do, you know, have a course on this on my website and I recommend all of my students to create what's called a miracle journal, which actually going back to what you said, Chelsea, about after our reading together, how just reading the notes kind of brings you back to that energetic space. I feel like as humans, there's this unique phenomenon where we can encounter the divine and then immediately the world around us is programmed to help make us forget. And so that's why we come in knowing everything. And as we get older, we just slowly forget. And that's why by the time like you're really old, you're just like cynical or whatever, like disconnected Mm -hmm. sometimes. And so by creating a miracle journal, I mean, you can have the most incredible reading, feel so supported, have chills, be crying. And then a week later be like, I'm not supported. I don't have guides. Like, you know what I mean? It's such a roller coaster, the human experience. So writing everything down in your miracle journal immediately carries the vibration of those beautiful synchronicities, the signs, the moments. And part of the miracle journal is also writing down and assigning and creating a language of signs with your angels, creating an index. And you can get to a point like where I am in my readings where I don't need to see the actual dragonfly. I can be in meditation and see dragonfly energy come and know what that sign means. And so you create a language of signs with your angels. I love that. And Mm -hmm. so for you personally, like how often do you tap into that journal or do you tap into your angels for you specifically, not just while you're doing readings? For me specifically, I start each day with meditation and a card pull and a journal session. So for me, the miracle journal It's like funny because when you're teaching others, when you're helping others, you don't always have the time to do it for yourself. (laughs) But I do make a priority of tapping in. And it's so funny, like doing readings for yourself is way harder than reading for other people because you Mm. so want the answer that you want. (laughs) And so it's like so funny on days where like in the morning I'm feeling good. And then I pull like my card and it's like grief. And I'm like, no, 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 I'm doing well. And then like by night, 
something triggered me and I'm like in grief. I'm like, darn it. (laughs) But it's really funny, you know, doing readings for yourself. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And I feel like there's ego to it too. Like I feel this way with astrology. Like I can do everyone else's chart, but when I look at my own, I like bring so much of my own stuff and the way I perceive myself into it. Like I always am like, no, take yourself out of it. Like, how would you describe this to someone else? Like, forget it's you, but it's so hard because- you bring your own like stuff into it, your own thoughts. That's how I feel about my husband's birth chart. I feel like, so I didn't know his birth time until we were married, which I feel like is my karma. (laughs) 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 And so I obviously knew he was a Taurus and he, it's funny because my birthday is November 18th and he's May 18th. So I've been celebrating his birthday as my half birthday, like my whole life because I'm extra and I celebrate my half birthday. I love Um, that. (laughs) We're like exactly opposite of each other. And we're so inverse in every way, like literally. He works in taxes and I'm an angelic intuitive. We're just like very different, but in the best way. And we are the same in what matters. But I didn't know his birth time. And then when he said it wasn't on his birth certificate. And then after we got married, I found it on his birth certificate somehow. I was like, what? It's right here. (laughs) And he's a Taurus double cancer. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's incredible. So then I have a question on that then. So you said he does taxes and then you're this intuitive. So how does that work? Like, does he understand, believe like what, how does that work? I feel like you know, that's so far from what you do. And I worry when you like meet someone who does taxes on the street, they're going to be like, whatever, like, all right, good. Great for you. Like, (laughs) I actually talk about this a bit in my love life workshop because it's like, whatever is our unique individual gift is going to be the thing that we talk ourselves into that will never be loved for because it's not like run of the mill. So I had all these stories in my head about how nobody would ever love me because I have like such a wild job and that I'd be too hard to accept. And that, you know, I also am healing PCOS naturally in my body and I eat in a very specific and limited way, which is like joyful for me. It's not restrictive, but like to other people, it could be seen as like really crazy. You know, I don't eat grains. I don't eat sugar. It's like, I'm just not participating in like the normal foods. And I was like, who's gonna love me? Like I'm like a tall order, you know? And so when I met my husband, it's like, So basically his motto in life is anything but ordinary. That's what he has always like asked for when he's manifesting. And he, as a double cancer, is a very intuitive spiritual guy, but didn't always have the language for like what that meant or what he was really looking for, but he knew what was not it. And so, you know, he's Persian. And in that community, there's so many like successful doctors and lawyers that, you know, people would try to set him up with. And he was like, to be honest, I'm working in this mundane field. And like the last thing I want when I come home is to like talk about more like businessy analytical stuff. Like I want magic. And so fast forward to meeting me, it was so funny because I was at this kind of place where I was like, I don't know, I'm kind of happy being alone at this point. Like we met in the middle of COVID and we got married like a year and a half later. And so it was funny because the first thing he said to me is I only date Scorpios. And it's like funny because my mom was like, it's as if he had a handbook and how to like get you because I'm not easy. I in the beginning can be like very prickly. And like, if anything, Scorpios can like sniff out game from like a mile away. And it's like the most 
disgusting thing to us, but he's like the most genuine guy. And so he was like, yeah, I've only ever dated Scorpios and I'm a Taurus. And he was just like talking to me about all of these things that were so refreshing. (laughs) And I was like, okay, this is cool. And he was before him, I was going for like actors and writers and like creative types, which were the types that I had like always gone for. And he was like completely different than who I normally would date. But long story short, he was like such a healer for me in embracing what I do. He's like, be proud of what you do. We can practice like an elevator pitch. Like whoever doesn't like what you do can like F off because you're awesome and you're helping so many people. And he would like follow a bunch of like witchy Instagram accounts to like understand more and like be able to talk to me about like what I do. And like (laughs) fast forward to us at this like sandals resort for his birthday. I took him there and we were in the hot tub and it was like the classic, all the couples like saying what they do. They're like, I'm an engineer. I'm a nurse. I'm a this. And I was like, I'm an angelic intuitive and astrologer. And everyone just like went quiet. And then there were like, one guy was like, well, I know I'm a Leo. I was like, that's pretty cool. <laughs> like Everyone's a little more open to it now than maybe in the past. That's, that's incredible. Awesome. It makes me so happy that like how supportive he is and just how that just came to be, like how your relationship continues to unfold in that way. It's incredible. And I'm just happy for you, especially coming from a place of like, I'm a tall order. Like you said earlier, like you deserve all of that. You know, that's so beautiful. Thank you. It's been really amazing. And he's so open to all of it too. Like his grandpa came to me in a dream and told me that he loved me before, well, both of his grandparents did before three days before he had the chance to tell me. I was like, your grandparents already told me. Oh (laughs) my gosh. Wait, how did he react to that? Well, it's funny because his grandpa has these really distinct blue eyes. And like I saw them in my dream and his grandma was basically like way more tough. She raised like six or seven boys. And it's funny because in the dream, his grandpa was like, leave him alone. Like let Ari say it in in his time, like let him tell her. And the grandma's like, what does it matter? It's true. He loves you. And like, was just like a little more like blunt and direct. And then when I was with his family, they like confirmed like that's exactly their personalities and dynamics. Oh my gosh. That's so cool. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is awesome. And I feel like, you know, you hear these stories all the time, like how special that you fell in love with yourself. You said you were like, you were fine being alone. You were kind of done chasing men. And then the perfect guy comes along. Like, you know, it's just another story of like, you really have to love and heal yourself before other people can come in. I was single for three and a half years before I met him. I met him at 29. So for most of my mid twenties, I was focused on myself I went from like really bad relationship to really bad relationship for like a decade. And I was like, I really need this time to just be alone. And I was happy with that. I really was. And that's why I'm like so happy to share my love life workshop because this was an intentional manifestation practice to call him into my life. Like Mm -hmm. it was so much deeper than just being like, I'm open and I love myself. Like I was very intentional on exactly what I wanted. And I feel like he's even 10 times better than what I would have called in for myself without expanding my idea of what was possible. It's incredible. Yeah. And I want to, to pivot a little bit, I want to hear more about all your workshops and your offerings and whatnot. 
Yeah, thank you. So I have two go at your own pace workshops on my website. I have the Be Your Own Angelic Intuitive workshop, which is a three-part workshop series that helps you identify your strongest clairs, how to strengthen them, how to connect with your angels, how to start a practice of angelic connection, and also how to work with oracle cards, how to pick the right deck for you, how to work with them, how to take care of them, and also how to read for other people as well. So it's good for all levels. And then I have the Love Life Workshop, which I've shortened the title because it was such a long title that I'm just calling it the Love Life Workshop. That's basically working with your angelic guides to manifest or attract a soulmate connection. So um, this is really a, a beautiful workshop for anybody who is really living in their head when it comes to love life and doing what they think they should or overthinking things or kind of thinking their way. And it's all about working with your angels, coming back to your heart space and really attracting a soulmate connection and navigating the dating world from an empowered place of intuitive connection and angelic connection. It's super beautiful. And a few of my students have already reported after super long periods of being single, having a significant other after they did the workshop. So super exciting. And you know, the first week of that is all about shadow work because before we can like work with our angels, we have to address the shadow because it's like a proportionate relationship. And so the first week is like all about shadow. The second week is all about coming back to your heart and how to strengthen your intuition, how to know if someone you're dating is a test or a lesson or somebody with actual purpose or potential to move forward with just a lot of really tangible things. And then the third week is all the witchy magical stuff, which I love. And it goes in that order because the witchy magical stuff doesn't work without the first two levels to Mm -hmm. support it. And then I also have guided meditations with the archangels. Each month I do a offering called earth angel club, and I do a guided meditation attuned to the current Zodiac season and work with a different theme and archangel. And all of those are on my website as well. Oh my gosh, that's incredible. I'm so curious about archangels and and that whole world too, because I don't know, I feel like there's so much there. And like you said earlier, I'm not religious, but I think there is still, I've, I've done a lot of Reiki trainings and there's still mm-hmm. so much power within that. And you can build a different relationship with them that doesn't necessarily have to be religious. At least that's what I've experienced, but I think that's totally. awesome. Totally. Yeah. Just like relationship with God or the universe or whatever doesn't have to be religious either. It's all customizable to whatever you want that relationship to be. Mm -hmm. And I also love that you do a lot of the shadow work in your other workshops too first before you get into the more spiritual, witchy, angelic realm. Because again, I think it's to me, it's like build a connection with yourself, right? And understand like your deepest fears and anxieties and move through that first to then be able to open up enough and and read it. So that's beautiful. Yeah. I do talk about shadow work in both of my workshops because it's an essential part of being able to connect with your angels. Because if you're in a shadowy place, if you're believing those lower vibrational thoughts, you can't raise your energy high enough to authentically connect with your angels. And that's not to say you have to be a perfect healed individual for angelic connection, but it is to say that it's directly proportional to how deeply you can connect with your angels. Mm, Love it. So I'm wondering too, you know, a lot of what we talk about is just being curious and, you know, being curious about what people are offering, being curious about what people are curious about. So I'm wondering like, what is keeping you curious right now? And where has your curiosity led you to recently? I actually really love that because I always say that 
joyful curiosity is the vibration most in alignment with angelic connection because Mm -hmm. like it's not about perfection it's not about an end goal it's about enjoying the process and being playfully and like delightedly curious by what's going to come up next and so for me right now what I'm more curious about and wanting to dive into is actually my mediumship abilities because this is like something I take super seriously and sometimes past loved ones do come through in sessions but I feel like there's such a deeply moral responsibility when it comes to speaking for the dead and so I'm really curious on all things mediumship all things deepening that connection all things practicing that so that I can especially I lost my mom last year and my husband lost his dad this year and they passed within five days of each other. So it was really intense. He and I like being May 18th, November 18th, it's so weird how we like experience these parallel inverse things. Like for example, I lost my mom and I'm left with a dad and a brother and he lost his dad and is left with a mom and a sister. It's like we're living these inverse like mirrored realities. It's very interesting. I forgot what I was even saying, but yeah, I'm curious about mediumship. (laughs) And oh yeah, after experiencing that, it's really showed me that this is a service that is so needed. And like, I I heard some stat that for the first time, or maybe not the first time, I feel like I'm butchering this, but there's a higher demand for death doulas than there are for birth doulas right now. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like as a Scorpio, I have such a connection to death. Even my early messages in childhood were like, this person's dying, this person's going, this dead person's coming. And I think that is like so powerful. And in my second half of life, I'm in a place where I want to lean into that instead of run away from it. I think that's beautiful. And, you know, it reminds me too, my grandma is currently dying, just passing away. And I just recently learned what a death doula is. And I think it's, you know, it's very interesting. And just everything you said has like resonated on that level with her too. So I appreciate you bringing that to the forefront, but I'm, you know, I'm curious when it comes to mediumship, where, where do you even go for that type of mentorship? Like, where are you looking? I do just want to say, cause I feel really called to share going back to like your grandma passing. And I feel like a lot of people are in a similar situation. Something that can give you so much peace if they're open to it is asking them what sign they'll send you from the other side once they pass. And that's something you can really hold on to. And I understand for some people, it's not possible to have that conversation. But if it is, that's something that can give you so much peace when a loved one passes. If you just say, mm-hmm. what sign will you send me? Or even say, will you be with me when you pass? Because I promise you in those moments of grief, you will hold on to that like an island. It will be like an oasis for you and a lot of heavier emotions. And so that's something that like, I was so happy to already know. Like my mom and I were so weird and like would talk about what signs we would send each other like my whole life. That's so sweet. (laughs) Yeah, that's why I was like white butterflies and rainbows. I'm already set, ready to go, locked and loaded. (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah. But for where to study mediumship, the most famous school for it is actually called the Arthur Finley College. And it's a school right outside of London. It like literally looks like the X-Men school. It's like all like brick and stuff. And it's like an actual spiritualist school. And they are most known for mediumship, but they teach a bunch of other skills and things like that. And so, yeah, I'm actually planning on hopefully enrolling and studying there next summer. 
Oh my gosh. Congratulations. That's so exciting. Thank you. That's awesome. That's awesome. So Taylor, is there anything else that you want to share with us? Anything else coming up for you that you'd like our listeners to know about? Yes. Thank you so much. I'm so excited because at 6 p.m. PST, 9 p.m. EST, Monday, February 13th, I'm teaching a where to find love in your birth chart workshop, where we'll go through all of the places that, you know, when I do birth chart readings for people, where to look for soulmate connections, love connections, harmonious archetypes for love within their birth chart and all of that stuff my birth chart readings are on a bit of a wait list. So love is one of the most popular questions that people ask me. So I'm going to give you the tools to find it for yourself. Um, So I'm super excited about that. You can find me on Instagram at angels and amethyst. There are two underscores in between. It's sad, but I have to say this everywhere I go, I'll never DM you for money. I'll never DM you for a reading. I'm on a three-year wait list. There really are so many fake accounts pretending to be me. So please protect your energy, use it as an exercise in psychic discernment and see what it feels like when something is a no, when all of those <laughs> fake people come out. And my website, angelsandamethyst.com has all of my offerings. You can use code 333 for $33 off either of the workshops. And if you sign up for my subscriber list or little email thing that pops up, you will be the first to know about all my offerings. Amazing. Thank you so much. This has been so great. And I'm so excited for everyone to hear your story and hear about all that you have to offer. I think it's opened my eyes to a lot, including the fact that people can grow up with astrology in their life and and not just like me where I learned when I was like 25 years old. So I appreciate your time so much and thank you for coming on. Thank you for having me. Yes, thank you. This is wonderful. This conversation was such a good one. We hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss out on any future episodes. You can find us over on TikTok and Instagram at The Moon in Your Mind. As always, thanks for listening and being a part of this growing community. We love you.